Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events behind the scenes footage and so much more plus you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon it's in you please be in it visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now that's podcast with an s thanks from kqed From KQED in San Francisco, I'm Alexis Madrigal. That storm was almost unbelievable last night, no? We'll open the show with the San Francisco Chronicle's Jerry Diaz talking about what the heck happened with yesterday's storm. And then KQED health correspondent April Demboski will join us to take us deep into her reporting on early intervention for patients experiencing psychotic events. When people hear voices or experience hallucinations, they are not on an inevitable path to debilitating mental illness. They can be helped if wraparound treatment can get to them as early as possible, which is something that, no surprise here, private health insurers have been slow to reimburse. We'll talk about that new research. It's all coming up next after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. You know, we know we knew there was a storm coming in yesterday, but honestly, when hasn't there been a storm coming in this past few months? But as almost anyone here can attest, that storm was nuts. Yesterday afternoon was just a steady stream of texts from friends. The glass doors on one friend's building shattered. Another friend got stuck on the bridge traffic and sent out a desperate SOS for us to pick up her kid at school. People's power went out. Trees went down. Barges slammed into a bridge. So what happened? And should we have had a bit more warning, given how on it meteorologists have been this winter? Joining us to fill us in, we've got Jerry Diaz, the San Francisco Chronicle's in-house meteorologist. Thank you, Jerry, for joining us. I'm sure you're very busy today. And hey, thank you for having me, Alexis. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely one of those rare instances where we saw a storm uh, just rapidly evolve over the Bay Area. And sure enough, we ended up with impacts that are unlike much of what we've seen this past winter, with a few extra caveats here in between. Yeah. I mean, the radar, for people who haven't seen it, like the radar loops looked like a hurricane was about to hit San Francisco. And then it actually kind of did feel like that when you went out in it yesterday afternoon. So how did that, how is this storm kind of different from previous ones in the way that it made landfall? This storm really did evolve in a way that we don't normally see in Northern California. Oftentimes, the center of these storms will stay well off to the coast. In a few instances, they'll come ashore and create some of those strong wind storms over the Oregon coast. This time around, San Francisco and Santa Cruz became the target of not one, but two of those centers moving into the uh, coastline. So essentially, we had this low pressure system rapidly evolve Tuesday morning, evolving into that storm that we had later on in the day. But not only that, it evolved so quickly that it actually started to break off into two parts. That led to one eye that moved right over Santa Cruz and created those really strong winds, thunderstorms, 
even a few funnel clouds that moved right over the coastline. And then we had a second eye, that left-hand side of the storm, quickly evolve and move right over the peninsula to the point where it brought in those really strong winds uh, up to 70 mile per hour gusts in parts of San Francisco that afternoon. That's wild. I also um, heard there's actually kind of a name for when you have these kind of two areas of low pressure kind of rotating around. Kishiwara effect. Is that what it is? It's the uh, Fujiwara effect. Fujiwara. Uh, Yes. And uh, that is essentially what we saw play out because the eye broke off into two parts and they actually started rotating right all around each other, created a very unique phenomenon where the right hand side of the eye moved right into uh, the coastline there in Santa Cruz. And the left hand kind of meandered around the coast and then its eye went right over San Francisco. So those who were out yesterday afternoon may have noticed a very brief 20 minute period where the sky just suddenly turned blue and it even felt a little muggy out there. That was the eye going right over the city. Oh, man. I mean, have you seen that in your time doing meteorology? I I have never heard anyone discuss that happening over San Francisco. Honestly, this is the kind of thing that we would often see up in the far northern reaches of the Pacific Northwest. Those eyes usually hit the Olympia Mountains in Washington State, and there really aren't too many people out there to see that play out. This time around, we saw it happen over a major population center, and it just so happened that San Francisco, you know, got to uh, experience some of that. So, no, it is a, it is an unusual sight. You don't normally don't see an eye of a storm uh, roll over uh, the California coast, much less to have two eyes in one day. So it really was an unusual phenomenon. Yeah. So people have gotten used to some of the new, well, they're not, they're new to the public meteorological terms like bombogenesis or, you know, the, a, a bomb cyclone, uh, which is right, this rapidly deepening low pressure system. But did we experience a bomb cyclone? Was it technically one or did it just have some of the features of one? Sure. So using the definitions uh, that are out there by the National Weather Service, uh, that the requirement is that you need to have your surface pressure drop by around 24 millibars. That's just the measure of pressure that we use. We did see the pressure drop uh, substantially all along the central coast, uh, but not, not enough to technically qualify as a bomb cyclone using that definition. But there is active research being conducted to recalibrate the definition of bomb cyclones for this latitude of the planet, so around 40 degrees north. So the answer to that is that while we didn't meet the criteria for the current definition, there is active research being conducted to recalibrate so that we have a better handle on when storms like this one move over, say, you know, the Northern California coast. Yeah. I'm going to say it was close enough. <laughs> um, yeah, essentially. <laughs> um, this also, just another one of the wild features of the storm, right? I, I saw that it was the lowest pressure recorded for a storm in March, right? Like it wasn't an all-time record because we've had storms with lower pressure uh, in the in the wintertime. But now we're in spring. Like, how unusual really is that? I mean, obviously, it's a record, so it's pretty unusual. Sure. So to give it, give it into context, that bomb cyclone that we did have back in January, where we saw the pressure drop to around 984, 983 millibars, that was essentially what we saw uh, almost play out here in the month of March. So San Francisco's International Airport re- reported a, me- a pressure drop down to 985 millibars. So we were very close. And to have that kind of winter-like storm not only happen uh, in the month of March, but to come that close to the California coast with its eye, it is an unusual phenomenon. We normally don't expect storms to reach that kind of intensity uh, in the month of March. We're already at the tail end of what's supposed to be the end of our storm season. So to have that play out uh, you know, towards the end of the month here, yeah, it was pretty remarkable to see that. Yeah. 
And, you know, the damage that seems like it was done was, like, pretty extensive. And was that as a result of the kind of unusual nature of these winds and these rotations so that the, the kind of wind direction was not what we normally experience? Right. So oftentimes when we have these storms come in, you know, that pineapple express moisture, that usually results in a very long peer driven periods of heavy rainfall. But winds usually aren't that strong when it comes to those kind of systems. Every now and again, we'll have a few brief bursts of strong gusts. This time around, because the eye was right on the coastline, that sting, that set, that which we refer to as that area with very powerful winds, actually went right over the Bay Area. So we saw winds suddenly kick up to 74 miles per hour by the Embarcadero, uh, you know, over 70 miles per hour in parts of Oakland. That really did draw in a lot more wind, a lot more of those very, very uh, strong gusts that we normally wouldn't expect over our inland areas. So, yeah, to sum it up, it's just it was a very, uh, you know, very powerful system with winds that we normally would expect to have off the coast, not so much right over our major population centers. Absolutely. I mean, the the video of the ferry terminal was like, I have never seen it look like that. Like the, 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 the chop was so intense. Yep. And we also saw those, you know, barges being moved around in a way that they, they don't normally um, hear here in the Bay Area. Was I, I wanted to ask about how different it is to experience a storm of this kind of intensity towards the end of the season after we've already had so much rain and the soil is so saturated already. Is that another sort of component of the the impacts that we saw? Yeah. So uh, we've already had so many storms roll over California. I mean, I'm thinking back to as far early as September when we had that first initial rare Mm -hmm. storm, uh, you know, just kick up those strong winds. And so we've had months on end of these very powerful systems just rolling one after another. And so as a result, our soils are very saturated and very susceptible to landslides, mudslides. Uh, And on top of that, a lot of trees in the area are also dealing with uh, those weakened soils to the point where even though winds weren't necessarily as strong as what we've seen in in previous storms in some parts of the Bay Area, because of those weakened soils, we're seeing a lot more more trees coming down, tumbling down. So unfortunately, we are dealing with essentially that, uh, you know, that long duration, that endurance that the, that a lot of our vegetation had to deal with. And a lot of that has just led to a lot of exhaust for mm. both soils and vegetation mm. uh, across Northern California. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the forecast going in. Um, do you think that the forecast kind of captured what was going to happen? It, it, I knew there was a storm coming, but I didn't expect this. And that's kind of what I've heard from a lot of the members of the public. Right. So we did, in the forecast, uh, this is what really uh, you know kind of deviated from what we had originally. Uh, we we did forecast for that eye, that center of the storm, to roll up, but it didn't. It, it went actually went further north than we anticipated. Uh, so originally, the forecast called for that eye going over the Monterey Coast, specifically around Big Sur. Mm-hmm. That would have been honestly it would have really led to much fewer impacts. You know that area is much more sparsely populated. Mm-hmm. And instead, what we had play out was the eye uh, ended up moving about 70 miles farther north. So it actually made landfall in northern Monterey Bay, just off the coast of Santa Cruz. But not only that, the eye then rapidly broke off into two parts. So now we had not one, but two landfalls. Mm-hmm. So that spread out that wind field. So we ended up with uh, wider impacts in the Santa Cruz Mountains with winds that were slightly stronger than forecast. But then we also had those much stronger winds along San Francisco Bay, about 10 to 15 miles per hour higher than the original forecast. Mm-hmm. So all in all, uh, we saw the storm 
essentially evolved so quickly that it couldn't even keep up with itself in the process. Do you think that this is going to be a storm that we kind of study um, to really understand this process of bombogenesis, just because it was so close to the coast that we kind of have high resolution radars that can kind of really show us what, what was happening through this time period? From a scientific perspective, this is going to be the kind of storm that we're going to see plenty of research out of. Uh, I would not be surprised if we start, uh, you know, seeing uh, some, you know, theses and dissertations on just the ferocity of the storm, that unusual break off of the two eyes. I mean, for all intents and purposes, that is something that you don't normally see, uh, for one, from a meteorological perspective, but also from a societal perspective, to have that happen mm-hmm. uh, over over San Francisco. I mean, those are two very interesting areas of research that I think we're going to see for, out of this storm. Yeah. Um, one of our listeners, Daniel, uh, writes in to say, you know, for a while, the radar looked like tornado watch conditions. Do you do you agree with that? We actually ended up with a few tornado uh, warnings uh, last night, uh, not in Northern California, but in Southern California, because that storm ended up you know, bring, reeling in some more of that moisture. And because of that, we did see uh, you know, a few areas of rotation. So to have not only you know, the culmination of these strong winds and all of the, you know, uh, the, the rain associated with it, but to also have rotation with these storms, again, that just adds to just how unusual uh, it was to have uh, all of the severe weather uh, coming in uh, you know, all in, all at once, essentially. Jerry, tell me the rain is over. Is it over? Oh, you know, I, I, the best way I can put it is no, uh, the best way I can put it is no, it's not over. <laughs> Unfortunately, we do have, uh, you know, two low pressure systems off the coast of Hawaii that we're keeping an eye on and those will start to slowly make their way east. Now there is a caveat there. There is a high pressure system trying to build its way back onto the West coast. If that plays out, then our chances for rain go down. But unfortunately, with recent model runs, it is looking like that pattern, that flow of moisture that we've had for the past winter, it's not completely gone just yet. So by early next week, we could potentially be talking about yet another few rainmakers uh, oh, in the Bay Area. Man. All right, Jerry Diaz, the San Francisco Chronicle's in-house meteorologist, thank you so much for uh, joining us to talk about this intense storm that hit the Bay Area on Tuesday. We're going to be back on Forum just after this break, talking about the development of early treatments for psychosis. Stay tuned. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. 
New episodes of Soul to Story are available now.